Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. We love your questions. We are, uh, I know a lot of people say we're here for you. We're willing to, we are here for you. So if you have questions, do send us an email, hit us up on social media. We will absolutely answer your questions to the best of our ability. I, I love answering questions, video related questions, lighting, camera. Uh, honestly, it's it's fun to be able to answer these questions and know that you're helping somebody kind of step up their game a little. Get comfortable asking people questions because if you don't know, we might have the answers. Send us an email, the visual lounge at techsmith.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter. You can hit up the at techsmith handle, or you can reach out to any of us on LinkedIn. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Visual Lounge. We're so glad you're with us. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening, we're so happy that you're here. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We've talked a lot about a lot of different topics over the last couple of months, but today we're going to be answering questions. We found some of the common questions that we've got out there, people have asked us, and we want to make sure we're digging into that some of those to make sure we're answering some of those questions, but also hopefully sparking the imagination, get you guys thinking about things that you could be doing. So Justin, Andy, welcome. Glad you're here today. Uh, we're going to dive into these questions kind of fast and furious here because we've got a lot of potential things we can cover. We're going to go deep. I would recommend if you're listening to the podcast, there may be a few things throughout the episode that are really visual. We'd recommend you can go watch those on YouTube, which we'll try to describe what's going on, but just so you know, uh, you can prepare yourself if you want to go check those out later. Okay, question number one, guys. I want to make a similar video with white background. What is your advice, a green screen or a white screen? So let's actually, let's show what we're talking about here so we, we know mm -hmm. kind of from a reference standpoint, you got a individual, we got Guy here, that's his name. He's not, he's a guy, but he's Guy. Uh, <laughs> he's on a, they got this white screen, kind of nice lighting on him, nice lighting behind him. So they want to make something similar. Uh, the question, I think there's two questions, or first question is green screen or white screen? I think oh, the answer I'm happy is to answer no, this. No, screen, no screen, right, Andy? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I would actually definitely go for it. I mean, okay, if so Justin's leaning away from the screen completely. Is that what you're saying? I think I'm if saying you how that flat... How that one was done. How that one was done is what I'm saying. No, no, I know how that one was done. That was, that was definitely a screen. But it was, yeah. a, I mean, you say screen, it was a roll of paper. Either way, whether it was green or yeah, white, it was a roll of paper. Um, you're right, yes. So, uh, and, and I can get to that too as a separate topic. But um, I, like, I like the natural white as opposed to faking it with green. Couple pluses and minuses though. If you have white and you light it up, as you can see with guys when it was on screen, it kind of tinges the sides a little bit because the lights are gonna you know, show up right in the center. Um, but then as if you don't evenly light it like you would need to do with a green screen, the light kind of dims as it goes to the side, creating a natural gradient. On white, that's fine. I mean, it's kind of grayish looking almost. If you do that with a green screen, you're going to have lighting problems and keying problems, and then it's not going to be a very easy thing to get rid of. So so I like the white background. 
That being said, if you want to use a green background and put in white later, your white is going to be crisp and clean and flat. Like you're going to have one solid white. So there's pluses and minuses. Depends what you want to do. That's what yeah. I. That's what I kind of wanted to get into because I don't think everybody, you know, if you never shot a video, you probably don't like that white that we showed at the beginning was not removed. That wasn't color removed. That was a solid color right. piece of paper in the background. So that's what I want to kind of get across was right. it wasn't as if we shot guy in a green screen and then put white behind him. It's a white sheet of paper that is then lit up with lights to get that effect. And I would even tell you just, it. yeah, I was gonna say, even as a behind the scenes note, I'm, I'm 95% sure if I recall this particular video, it was a few years ago, uh, the light is behind his back aiming at the wall. Mm -hmm. So it's not above to the side. It's no, it's directly behind him shooting at the wall. So that's why it almost gives him kind of a glow too. Um, but yeah, yeah it, was, it was one light against the wall and then we lit him from the front as well, which you can see in his glasses. So I, I, I think this is really interesting. I think what I would be asking a question is, is what aesthetic look are you going for here? Because green screen is going to have one look and there's all sorts of cool stuff you can do with green, green screen, but I feel like you need to have a good purpose for green screen. And even mm -hmm. with this kind of white plain, you know, I think we've referred to it internally as the Apple aesthetic. Um, you know, it, it says something very different than having a background behind you. And I think you should really think about, is this what we're trying to portray? Does this fit with our brand? Right. Um, and so either one can work, but in either case, there it's, you're also adding a lot of complications to your production setup. And so before like I were to answer green or white, I think there's a whole bunch of other questions you need to answer um, to make that decision a good one. And I think, you know, going with that and just knowing that like you're going to I don't want to say double your time because I don't know, but you're going to have to add gear. You're going to have to add production time. And then you're probably going to have to deal with some of it in post-production to make sure, especially, you know, green screen, you're going to have to do that in post-production. Even with here, my guess is there may have been some cleanup that, that needed to happen to, you know, on those edges as it gets darker from the light or, or whatever, mm -hmm. just to make sure he looks, he looks good. So it's a good question. I think it's one we can ask ourselves yeah. as you're moving through production. I just think there's a lot of other questions you need to answer before you get to that particular question at least mm -hmm. any other yeah. thoughts on this one yeah, green screen I, I like that you said green screen should be used for a purpose like what is your if you're trying to put your subject in a different location that makes sense that's what green screen is typically used for you probably hopefully have more advanced skills than just replacing the background because now you've got a lot more in place with like matching the subject to the location um so i, I really think sometimes people just that green screen is a cool effect and it is um but careful how you use it uh and and i would agree with matt when you said like this is its own aesthetic this you know kind of person on a white background um they don't feel like they're anywhere they're out in space floating instead of you know um i don't know in front of a park or something uh or in an office or he doesn't feel like he's anywhere he feels like he's floating out in space and so i think that definitely changes kind of the the point of the video or as you said the aesthetic for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to our next question because we got a lot of these questions. Where is a good place to get music? I, music, we all love it. Where should we go? Mm -hmm. There's lots of places you can go to get music. Uh, there's so I always start with paid music. First of all, where should you go to get licensed? Royalty-free music, either licensed or royalty-free. Uh, those are two different things. Royalty-free means you don't have to pay someone to use this music. It's it's out there for use. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean free royalty-free, <laughs> um, but it's you don't have to uh, 
pay every time you use it. As far as licensed music, that is paying to use the song. It can be, you know, 50 to hundreds to thousands of dollars. You can find, you know, places like uh, we use Atomica Music. We use our own internal, you know, uh, TechSmith asset library for Camtasia. You can find music on there. Um, the premiumbeat.com has, has music. There's all sorts of sites, the music bed, um, triple scoop music. There's tons of them out there, but, uh, they're not free. And so I think if you're asking where can I find free music, uh, the first place I'd tell you is of course, TechSmith's asset library has some free songs available with every service though, you get what you pay for. So if you want the free songs, you'll find stuff. You're going to have to search harder to find it. And it's going to be a time, uh, you know, time commitment to find it. Um, but if you pay a little bit more for royalty free or for licensed music, you're going to be happier with your selection. Uh, and it's a load off your mind, hopefully knowing that you're not going to get pinched for using copyrighted music. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, there's places definitely you can get free music, but they're going to come even with attribution requirements. Um, yeah. YouTube has some, but it tells you whether or not you need attribution. Uh, uh, Kevin McLeod is someone who has a lot of music available. Again, it's, Free, but he expects and asks for attribution, and we want to be careful and we want to be respectful of that. I think so. This is—it's always an interesting question about because I get—I get this question a lot, and there's lots of places you can get music, but we can only advocate that you know make sure you're doing it within the boundaries that have been set for that music. So be very careful mm -hmm. because, um, in fact, I know that—and this is a very different service—and I don't do a lot, but their Twitch sent out a big notification telling people that they were going to start taking people that pulling people's accounts down for copyright violations. And so you just gotta be yep. really thoughtful. No one wants to be on the other end of that. So it's, you know, we all wanna be cheap because we don't want we don't have big budgets. I get it, I yep. understand, but it really can be challenging. And so it oftentimes, it, like uh, you, Andy, you mentioned Atomic Music, something like those services or TechSmith assets are great because you do, even if it's not maybe the highest quality, like you're getting like a BMI music catalog or something like that. Right you're getting a lot of options. And that's, that's something I love about the TechSmith assets is I, I may not find exactly what I'm looking for, but I'm going to find something really close. Yeah, and absolutely. I think and one, oh, I was going to say, if, if I'm not mistaken, so even with like the videos we've done for the YouTube series, we're pulling the same track through those, right? Like we're not picking a new Correct. music track every time we do those. And so I think that's another thing to kind of think about too is, you know, if you invest just a little, you know, maybe even a decent amount of money um, on one really good track that you're going to pull through a whole bunch of videos, that cost goes way down. So I, I, you don't always have to like, oh, man, I've got to find a new music track for every single video I'm creating. Yeah, maybe you're a freelancer, too, and you're just starting to kind of dip your toes into video creation for clients. Um, build that into the price. Like if you know that you are going to create this professional piece and you're getting paid for it, build the cost of music into your price. And you can research this in advance. Uh, you know, I did weddings. I don't know if I've mentioned that once or twice. Uh, I did weddings <laughs> for 10 years and I absolutely, I had a, a licensing agreement with uh, a company and I made sure that that cost was covered by each wedding that I did. Um, it's not a huge cost. I think it was like 50 to $100 per wedding to make sure that I covered my licensing. But that way I knew that they could use their video. They could post it on Facebook and on YouTube and no one was going to pull it down because we had uh, the license for it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. All right, let's keep moving here because we've got a lot of questions. Uh, can you slow down? You went too <laughs> fast. 
Andy, you've never heard this comment before, have you? Not once. I'm so methodical and well-paced, you guys. I don't like to go fast at Oh my gosh, this is one of the most common things that gets left on my videos on YouTube uh, that I do for TechSmith and Fast. In fact, as you can hear, I'm, I'm going so fast, I'm tripping over my own words. Um, and even when I'm scripted, I tend to speak at a rather speedy cadence. Um, it's just who I am. I've tried to slow down. I really, really have. I continue to try to slow down. But um, I, would, I would say for tutorials, you need to slow down. You have to go slower. People are learning from what you're doing. Um, for educational videos, or excuse me, for um, uh, entertainment videos, for something that you're doing for fun, you probably don't need to slow down as much. But if you speak so fast that people can't understand what you're saying, then it's not going to be of value to anybody. And the last thing I want to add to this is most video players have a little gear icon. So if the video is really good, you're enjoying watching it, but the speaker is just going too fast, slow them down. You can go down to 0.75% speed, down to you know half speed. Um, you can double it if they're too slow. Same is true if they're too slow. You can double it or watch it one and a half times speed. Our, uh, you know, director, uh, excuse me, our VP of marketing sends out these share out videos all the time and says, make sure to watch it one and a half speed. So yeah, please, as a viewer, choose your speed, but as a presenter also, you, you want to try and slow down. I'm, I'm still trying, guys. I really am. <laughs> so it actually it raises a question. So if I have to default to, and, and Andy, so I appreciate mm -hmm. that you're trying to slow down, but like if I, if I have control, should I make a slower video and pace it slower or should I make a faster video? Cause for me, I think default try to go slower because the, the speed Absolutely. up is better, way better than the slowdown. Um, yeah. you know, I, I know what I sound like when my videos are slowed down. Uh, <laughs> let's just say I've had, uh, sound like I've had a few too many, uh, which may, may not be uh, helpful when you're trying to learn something. So, uh, right. but it's, a, it's a, this is such an important thing and I, and I get, and we appreciate the feedback, right? I, I think that's one of the key things here. It's, it's really good feedback for us. But, you know, there is something to be said about finding the right pace for mm -hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. A marketing video will probably have a very different pace than an instructional video. An instructional video that has complexity, like, and maybe a lot of motion or a lot of things that are happening, like tasks, like you're going to do this, you're going to click here, you're going to do this, probably needs to be slower than if I'm just explaining a concept. And I think understanding kind of how to use pacing. And my other thing I'd say is like looking at how you can ebb and flow in one video and, mm -hmm. and, and practice, right? And that's what you're doing, Andy. Every time you make a video, you're practicing. And without right. that practice, you're gonna just kind of blah, 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 blah. Cause I know I'm a fast speaker too. I so fast I, I, I just miss words. I don't, I don't <laughs> stumble them, I just miss them. Uh, but what I, what happens with practice is you're going to be able to get very deliberate. And if you really struggle with it, this is where, you know, there's lots of, there's places you can go like Toastmasters can help you learning, you mm -hmm. know, getting, asking someone to give you feedback in the moment. Like, you know, I couldn't understand you. That was too fast. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, I think Andy, I think you and, uh, our, one of our other video producers had a sign slow down <laughs> yes. for when we're in the studio sometimes. So. I mean, yeah. you got to just have those kind of keys and cues, and but practice, practice, because it's really important. Justin, do you ever to, you ever speak too fast? Oh, all the time, all the time. I speak rapid speed all the time, and then I never stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I think uh, I think to me it comes back to like public speaking and public speaking practice. I had to take several courses in public speaking when I was going through college, and I think that was one of the things that was kind of harped on as a public speaker. And now we're all kind of you know, public speaking, even in this sense uh, of doing podcasts and videos. But 
I think part of it is understanding. And I, I like that you said practice, because that's what I was going to say is when you understand the material and you feel like you can uh, communicate it effectively and you've practiced it and you understand how you want that delivery, you should practice the delivery uh, and be able to actually show um, that you, you're not trying to rush through ma the material. You're not trying to get to the next point. You kind of really good public speakers have like their pauses down. <laughs> you know, they know when it's sort of like, um, like stand-up comedy. I really like stand-up comedy. And you just know, like they know when to hit a certain point and then when to stop and when to come back in. And I think when you know your script or your outline and you feel confident in what you're doing and what you're trying to say, you don't you feel less pressure to try to like get to the next point and get to the next point yeah there's one last point i want to make about this too and and it's one of the recent comments i got on youtube which really helped me think oh man i do need to slow down is someone just left a comment that said uh not all of your viewers are um english as their first language so please slow down mm -hmm. and that was a really impactful one for me to realize like oh yeah like youtube is an international platform i don't have say on who's listening and how helpful am I to someone who doesn't speak English if I'm flying through it or, you know, doesn't natively speak it. Um, so, so that's another reason to kind of encourage slowing down. Plus, if I, if I uh, speed up and then try and slow down the video later, my slurs don't magically become unslurred. <laughs> now it's just slurred a little slower. So, Well, and I think with that, Andy, uh, even with native language speakers, it, there's a level of expertise, right? If my expertise is low and I'm new mm -hmm. to a subject, I need anyone that is an expert that's talking about it to, to slow down because I'm starting to, I, I might not understand vocabulary words or just, mm -hmm. even though Very I might be a native too. language speaker, you might be using things that are, make it harder for me just to, to process it. So I think it, there's lots of reasons to slow down. I think there is a, a, there's a, there's a lower limit though. You can, you can get too slow. Um, Although, just real quick antidote, our certification and our, our, the lovely person that we work with, Daniel Park, who helps create those, that certification program with us, he has a very deliberate, methodical speaker. Like, and internally, there's some conversation like, well, that's, these are really slow videos. And I remember having to review like 30, 40 videos and being like, it's go, go taking forever to review. However... It's awesome. I get, we hear so many great things about those because if you're le really learning, you're really trying to understand, especially like software or something like that, it makes it so much easy, easier to follow along, to act with, to do those things. And as an advanced understand, you know, I have an advanced understanding of Camtasia. I put his into two times speed. I was like, oh, this is really, this is really understandable. So I do think there's kind of a lower limit, but like, again, understanding your audience, understanding where they're at, understanding what they're trying to do during your video is, would be the same thing with anything I try to fix around my house, right? Like if I don't know that process, please go slow. Cause yeah. I, I can't follow along as I'm trying to turn the, like, you know, mm -hmm. I have to, it's frustrating to have to pause, but I will, or I'll go find another video if you're going too fast. So yeah. anyway, yep. I probably, we probably killed that one, uh, but let's get, let's get to the next one. This is a little bit more how to one. How do you create a talking head in a circle? So this is something, you know, I think people have seen in our videos, you, you got the, in the lower part, you can, you know, instead of having full screen or a square, if you want a circle, how, how do we do this? Yeah. Uh, so I can show you again, here's a guy in Camtasia. Uh, there's a couple of ways that we can do it. Mac users have had an effect for a long time, uh, but I know not all of our users are Mac users, but Mac users have this mask effect. You can just very quickly throw that onto your video layer 
and expand the circle and hold shift, of course, otherwise it won't be a full circle anymore. And that's a mask, but that only helps Mac users. So I'm gonna undo that and go back. We have a new effect in Camtasia 2021 that I love called Media Mat. Um, but to use Media Mat, you need to pick your shape first. So I'm gonna go and find a circle. Uh, I've got this yellow one here that I like, and I'm gonna put it over what I want to show, actually. It feels backwards because the circle's actually gonna cover up what I want to show. But I've got, you know, head and shoulder shot here, uh, and that's good for now. I can adjust it later. Go into visual effects, grab that media mat. It is drag and drop onto the circle. Ooh. And there's Guy again. Uh, it's super easy to use. If you want to put something behind him now, because now we obviously have this black space uh, behind him, I can go into my library uh, of footage and maybe grab this blue uh, animation, raise these two things up a level, or even group them if I wanted to, and just slide that in behind him. I can then, I am going to group them because I want to change them together. And I'm going to shrink this down so that uh, guy is in just the bottom right corner. Oops, I didn't hold, or I did hold shift. So sometimes shift bites you. So uh, <laughs> the nice thing is Camtasia helps so that it doesn't skew when you shrink it down here. Uh, annotations and shapes, you have to hold shift. Most other objects, you just change the size and it holds its uh, aspect ratio. Yeah. I mean, how so easy there you go. is that? That's, it's so much easier than most other uh, editors that I've even used. Um, this is basically a compositing application, uh, which compositing is a whole other tool in, in video. Uh, most people would think of After Effects when they think of compositing. You can do it in Premiere. You can do it in Final Cut. It's called masking, um, where you kind of take a shape and then attach that shape to a layer, and anything not within the shape disappears. Um, Camtasia makes it drag and drop easy, which is kind of one of the things I love about this release is like these super complicated things years ago that were hard to figure out are just that easy to do. So that's how you do it now. So, yeah. And so you can give like a presentation, record your presentation slides and yourself at the same time giving it. And then afterward, you're just saying throw the mask on the track where you, where your webcam's at essentially. Absolutely. And you know what? do is if I go back into that group, it doesn't have to be a circle, right? I've got a circle, but maybe I want it to be a star shape or an octagon. You can just change whatever shape it is right here mm -hmm. in the in the themes. You can bring in your own shapes, whatever you want, uh, and and make it that way. So, uh, yeah, it's it's if you record your uh, if you're using Camtasia and you record your sources separately, like it does. You know, you've got your webcam footage and your presentation. You haven't lost anything, you know, by recording it in a rectangle. You kind of need to. And then afterwards, throw your circle, your square, your star <laughs> on top. So, yeah, and I think that's super the, stars again. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think that's the other <laughs> stars again. I think that's the other thing that um, with this that's cool, too, is you can remove that in Camtasia. If there's a slide where yeah. you want, just focus on the slide or the part of the screen, and then you can bring that back in later. It doesn't have to yep. constantly stick at the bottom of your screen. All I'm doing down here in the bottom left-hand corner, I know it's hard to see, there's a little eyeball on track two. And if I turn that eyeball off, like shut the eye, it closes the whole star layer, which is where my media mat is. So it's not even affecting Guy's video layer. It's only affecting the shape. Uh, so I can turn it on and off. Uh, I can also do that. We have like three ways you can do everything. Uh, you can also do that uh, up here. Oh, I've, I've lied to my, there it is down there, sorry. Uh, media mat down here. There's a new toggle in Camtasia 2021. I can turn it off. And back on and so that actually only affects the effect so the star is still there uh but it takes the effect on and off so yeah 
Very cool. Yeah. And, and, and really a nice way to just, again, you're adding a little polish to when you're doing the, especially presentations or something where you got screen content, but you still want to be visible. Um, so yeah. thanks, Andy, for showing us that. That's a great one. Let's, let's move sure. on to our next question. It uh, says, I noticed that the image of was very good of you three. What kind of lighting did you use? Anything professional? So we've, we have a whole episode. If you, if you miss it, we talk about lighting, but let's talk about that again, because I think it's, uh, lighting is one of those things I don't think we can talk enough about because it's, it's, it's got a lot of nuance to it, a lot of challenges. So, uh, Justin, you want to talk about your lighting? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm as far as like anything professional. No, uh, I have, <laughs> I don't have a very, uh, super professional setup. I will say my setup was pretty basic. So, uh, like you said, we've talked through this and I talked through my setup a little bit in uh, a previous episode, but just for you all who are watching. So for me, I'm sitting in front of a, a basement window. So the windows up here, so I get any natural light that's coming in. And then I have a, a desk lamp over here. And then I also have a loom cube over here, which is just a, a peripheral light that is uh, just sits on my de actual desktop or my actual desk over here. Um, and though, and so what that allows me to do is in a very small space, cause I'm up against a wall to get more light coming on to me. So for instance, you can see some of the difference here. So this is, if I take the loom cube off, so you can see that shadow comes and this is, if I take the, the other, the desk lamp off, of course, now it doesn't want to actually turn <laughs> off, but you know, that's how it goes. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it adds a little bit of light in, uh, back onto the screen. And so I'll pop that back on. Um, but yeah, that's all I use. I just use like a cheap $10 target lamp. And then the loom cube was, I think under a hundred bucks and you know, it gives a, a pretty good setup for me. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, it does. What about you? I, yeah. I was gonna say, I'm also going to comment on Justin's camera quality too. Cause I know you're using, uh, your cell phone and it, it looks mm -hmm. great. Like I'm, I'm always impressed by like, that's a cell phone with a lamp next to it and it looks fantastic. So yeah, you don't have to go out and buy something ridiculous if you can get it in the right setup. The lamp behind you doesn't hurt either. Um, so I am currently, uh, my own lighting is my least favorite among the three of us that maybe that's personal preference. Um, but I, I was telling the guys beforehand when we saw this question came up, I think part of it could also be the, the beige wall behind me. I just, it's a beige wall. So there's only so much you can light it up. It's still going to be beige. Um, but I have a ring light, uh, on the camera that I'm using. So they've got a, a circle ring light just in front of me. And then currently, and I change this light daily, depending on how I want it to, to be used. I have a little Felix, uh, video light uh, and it's actually bouncing off of my ceiling right now i was uh, i was using it as a backdrop light before um, but it's bouncing off the white ceiling which just kind of illuminates the room a little bit doesn't really leave harsh shadows on me the ring light leaves a harsh shadow you can see the which side is it? it's this side behind my chair mm -hmm. you can see my chair's shadow on the wall from the ring light so i don't love that sometimes i'll take the the other light and aim it at the same wall to cut down on the shadows but just two lights for me and the the window i guess next to me sometimes yeah I mean, but again, it's, it's not a lot. You don't have to, you don't have to go out and buy ring lights. You can find them super affordable if you want. For me, yeah. I probably have, uh, I don't know, the most investment into the lighting, but I have two LED panels. Um, and that's really it though. Just two panels are set to, actually they're only set to about 20% of brightness. And it's, they're set at 5,000 Kelvins, which is kind of a daylight temperature. Um, I do have a window, but I block off as much of that light as I can. Uh, and so, but these LED panels spend about 250 bucks. You can get similar ones cheaper. You can spend a lot more on LED panels. And I, I really like them. I've got them hooked into a, 
my home automation system so I can turn them on with voice command, which is actually probably one of the best things I've done because then I don't have to get up and fiddle with them trying to turn them on and stuff. But it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I think the other thing that probably helps is I've got a big monitor right over here that also does give me a little bit of light that I, we've, you know, if you go back and watch that previous episode, you can see like we can, if you change mm -hmm. the color, you can really adjust the way your, your look is. But I think one thing that's true for Justin and myself and Andy, maybe this is what you need to look into, I think is really, really helpful is having something in the background. Yes. Um, just to give you some separation. Like I think uh, Justin, I'll bring you up just because you so say people can see that are watching the video, the light in the background looks really, really nice. Um, it just gives it a nice kind of accent. I know I get a lot of compliments on, on my lights back here that are called nano leaf. Yeah. Uh, they're hexagon, the hexagon shapes, and I can do all sorts of things with them I don't ever do here. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it, it, it just seems to make a difference that gives some, again, that separation, and you can see I'm right. not too far from them. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, I, I think when you're doing your lighting, it, it's just about finding the right composition, like how much shadow do you want, you know, right. so, you know, you can adjust the, the brightness on, on your lamps, and even just providing a little bit of light goes a long way. Um, and ideally color matched. And Justin, are your are your lamps color matched? The lamp in your lamp um, cube? They're pretty close. They're pretty close. Like the loom the loom cube I have a whiter cuz and and again, I can color I can color adjust the actual camera as well. So, um, but they're like warmer. Like I've talked about in other ones like my, if I didn't have like color correction on my that was coming out of my camera, like it would look like I was in some sort of like sun you know it just is like so warm it's like an orange hue down here in the basement otherwise but yeah the one thing i'll say yeah. too though i was monkeying with with this the other day i was i went back and because like matt had said like i'm using my iphone as as my camera and we've talked about this a bunch of different times but i think it's worth repeating lights make such a big difference with your actual camera so i was i went back and was monkeying with my old logitech webcam the other day and it was amazing and it, it wasn't perfect, but it was amazing how much better it looked when I threw on the two lights that are in front of me and moved myself in front of the window than when they were off because the camera just couldn't grab it. It was there was not enough there within that camera settings to be able to pull enough light into the lens to show me off. I was super grainy and super dark. Um, and so I think that's where and we've talked about this in terms of like what to do um, with process of lights and cameras and all that type of stuff. But definitely like invest a little bit of money in lighting before you dive into the other stuff. Yeah. After the microphone, of course. Yes. After, yeah. Number lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camera. Well, we have a whole episode on that. We do. We do. Yeah. Well, it's, we're actually out of time and we've still got a few questions <laughs> left that we can save for another, another episode that we'll do this again. So if you have questions, things that you want us to answer, send us an email, the visual lounge at textman.com. And if that's too hard or something you don't want to do is email us. You got comments, you got places. You can reach out to us on Twitter. You can hit up the at TechSmith handle, or you can reach out to any of us on LinkedIn. We would be happy to, to take your questions and consider answering them on a future episode, because hopefully you found this helpful, something that we'd like to do. So with that said, it's kind of weird. We, do, do we have final takes today? That's, that's uh, how final we take. Show. I got your final take right here. All right. Get comfortable asking people questions because if you don't know, we might have the answers. And honestly, this is a lot easier than coming up with something on our own. <laughs> so I, I love answering 
questions, video related questions, lighting, camera. Uh, honestly, it's it's fun to be able to answer these questions and know that you're helping somebody kind of step up their game a little bit. So yeah, bring your questions. We'd love to hear them. Justin, what about you? Anything you got final wrap up to say? Same. We love your questions. We are, uh, I know a lot of people say we're here for you. We're willing to, we are here for you. So if you have questions, dude, send us an email, hit us up on social media. We will absolutely answer your questions to the best of our ability. We might make a whole video in this series based on your t question that you might have. So uh, f honestly, feel free to send them in. We would love to have them. Yeah, so that that's just about does it for us. We've already said enough about having your questions sent in, but I just want to remind you, if you have feedback, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate us, let us know. And now with all feedback, we, you know, we take it, we read it, we process it, we do what we can with it if, if there's something that we can do. But we'd love to hear what you think if there's things that you think that would, would allow us to help you better. We want to know about it. So thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of the Visual Lounge. We'll be back next time with more video workflow content. So we'll see you then.